we've all forgotten something before. Um, I've had times where uh, I've gotten up to go to another room to, to grab something, and as I walk into the room, I've forgotten what I'm going in that room to get. <laughs> that's happened more often than I'd like to admit. Um, that, that's a silly kind of example. We can be forgetful um, in little things, but we can also be forgetful in much weightier things in life. Um, there's a danger of forgetting God. Uh, we can get caught up in the everyday things in life, uh, the, the temporal things, earthly things, and forget our creator God who has redeemed us uh, with the blood of Christ. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 um, speaks of the warning of this. Uh, there's a warning here to not forget who God is, uh, what he's commanded, and you know, what he's done on the Israelites' behalf. And Deuteronomy chap- chapter 8, starting in verse 11, says, Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I, commanded, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. In this life, we must take care, uh, lest we forget the Lord our God uh, by not keeping his commandments. This is a real danger in our life to be aware of. We have the capacity to forget, especially so when things are going well, uh, when we feel like we're taken care of, when our bellies are full, uh, when we have earthly possessions and are, and are comfortable, uh, when we feel like our needs have been met, the danger is to forget God. Uh, and this forgetfulness has a de- devastating effect on our lives. Uh, it, Peter, in his second letter, speaks about the effect of forgetting what God has done for us. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-9, through 9, For this reason, make every effort to su- supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, 
having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Our forgetfulness of God's character, uh, God's work, has a direct connection to our, our daily life of obedience, our, our daily growth in Christ-likeness. And Peter says we become ineffective and, and unfruitful because our lives are no longer growing in, in godliness. There's a forgetfulness. In Deuteronomy, the Deuteronomy passage even tied forgetting God with worshiping false gods. Forgetfulness is a danger. Um, so is there, is there a remedy to this? Well, this brings us to Psalm 103. Uh, psalm 103 is a psalm of praise that specifically instructs uh, those who hear and those who read it to forget not all his benefits and to remember to do the commandments of God. Uh, part of fighting against our sin is fighting against our forgetfulness of God. The Lord provides us with this psalm of praise that reminds us of the goodness of God that we, that we may not forget him. Um, we could spend quite a bit of time in this psalm, uh, but this morning I'm going to highlight three reasons we are to remember to bless the Lord. So read along with me in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for a man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and his place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Lord, this morning, as we look at your word and we're reminded of, of who you are, the, the benefits that you provide to your people, Lord, ask that we be a people who, who worship you and bless your name. Amen. Okay, so reason one, uh, 
Bless the Lord because the gospel impacts all that is within you. It impacts all that is within you. The author, David, begins this psalm with a call to himself, his whole self, to worship God. As David says, bless the Lord, O my soul. The picture that is being presented here is a, it's a complete kneeling down before God in worship. The complete worship of God with, with his whole being. And God is he's worthy of this kind of worship from his creation. He's completely worthy of our worship. His holiness demands a worship that is whole, not partial. If, if the worship is, is partial, then there's something else that is grabbing our, our attention. There, there's something else that would be pulling our, our heart away from the Lord towards something else. And David speaks of this as he encourages himself to completely and wholly worship God by saying, and all that is within me. There's a call for a total and complete worship of God. So again, this is, this is not uh, that a piece of us would worship God, um, or that most of us would worship God, but, but all of what is within me. Um, and this is something that we can struggle with, can't we? Um, you know, we can struggle to worship God with, with all that is within us. Our hearts are so easily drawn away uh, to other things. Um, our hearts are easily drawn and, and captured uh, by other affections, other desires. Uh, and we can begin to, to forget God. And we break the first commandment when we forget the first great commandment when we forget God, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. You don't forget something that you love. You hold tightly to something that you love. You hold it close to your heart. You hold it close to your thoughts. And what a, what a forgetfulness of God shows in our hearts is a lack of love for God. It shows that our hearts are in fact, being drawn away from him and, and towards something else. And so we have this call to worship with all that is within us, uh, to worship God with our whole being. And uh, this idea of worshiping God with, with all of what is within us, it's a theme that, that goes throughout Scripture. God is a, he's a jealous God, and he is, he's worthy of worship. He's not interested in uh, just simply our, our lips praising him or our actions uh, being obedient to him, but he, he's after our hearts as well. Um, he's after all of us. Uh, so there's, there's some examples of this provided um, in Scripture. Uh, um, Jesus speaks of this very thing in Matthew 15. Uh, when the Pharisees come to Jesus and, and ask him why the disciples are, are breaking the tra- traditions of their fathers, and Jesus answers back with a strong reply and tells them that they're breaking the, the, the command of God in order to follow their own tradition. And Jesus goes on to say, You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, uh, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So Jesus rebukes the Pharisees 
uh, for their lip service. Um, they're concerned more about their outward appearance, uh, what others saw them do, what, what others heard them say. But their hearts were, were not with the Lord. Their hearts are far from him. Uh, they were not seeking the, the blessing of the Lord. Uh, they were not blessing the Lord with all that was within them. They're, they're actually seeking after um, blessing themselves by, by gaining the applause and approval of, of man, a good rep- reputation among the men around them. And God, God is after our, our, our heart, our full and undivided worship. Another incredible picture of this is found in Amos chapter 5, verse 21. It says, I, I hate, I despise your feasts, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. And God here is speaking of the feasts and sacrifices that he told his people to do, and they were doing them, but their hearts were far from him. And so God was not pleased. Uh, they were not worshiping God with all of what was within them. Uh, they were simply going through religious motions, uh, providing lip service uh, to God. Uh, Psalm 51, 16 and 17 says, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. A, a broken and, and contrite heart is a heart that grieves over sin and runs to the Lord seeking his mercy that he freely offers us uh, in Christ. Um, in, the, in the power of the gospel, uh, we can receive this gift of a broken and, and a contrite heart. So as, as you war against your sin and against forgetfulness, uh, live a life of wholehearted worship to God. Uh, and we can live a life of wholehearted worship of God because of his forgiveness and his grace, which leads us to then meditate upon his character and uh, his, his work that he's done for us, um, and work that he's done for, for the church as a whole. Um, uh, the second reason Bless the Lord because he provides wonderful benefits through the gospel. Um, so David, specifically in encouraging himself to worship God with, with all of who he is, he tells himself to not forget the benefits of God. So then what are the benefits of God? Um, the benefits of the Lord are many. And this is not an exhaustive list. Um, David goes on, and he makes a very large list of the benefits of God. Um, and this, this list takes up nearly the, the whole psalm. And so just as a, a quick um, comment, side comment here, uh, David makes this list of things that he's thankful for, things that uh, he's praising God for. I, I would encourage you... Um, to make this a common practice in your own life, in your own household, um, to be thinking about all the ways that God has blessed you. Uh, this will help you grow in having a, a thankful heart and help you grow in your worship of the Lord with 
your whole being. Um, Train yourself. Train yourself to see things you are thankful for. Um, Train your heart to respond to those things uh, in thankfulness to God and worship to him. And also remember that there's no thing or or person other than the Lord Jesus that can provide these benefits to you. Um, It's only the Lord Jesus that these benefits can be found. Our our wayward hearts can look for these benefits in other things or in other people. Um, That's part of what it means to to forget God. Uh, But we will always find that they don't provide. The pleasure of, of sin is fleeting. It leaves you broken and, and wanting. And we're reminded of that in, in Hebrews 11. It's in verse 24, it says, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Um, the, the benefits of, of sin are really not benefits at all. Uh, the, the sin may make you feel good. Uh, the sin may get you something that you want in the moment, but it's fleeting. It doesn't last. Uh, it leaves you wanting more. Um, and most importantly, um, and what's most devastating, is that it leaves you a sinner before holy God. Um, and he will act justly in his righteousness. Um, so there, there's no real benefit in sin, only destruction. But there are benefits in God. So what are, what are these benefits of God? The first benefit that David mentions is that God forgives all your iniquity and heals your diseases. Um, so God forgives all your iniquity and heals uh, your diseases if you are someone who has confessed your sin and believed in Jesus Christ. God is a God who offers forgiveness. Um, And not just for a few things in life, but for all our sin, all of our unrighteousness, all of our iniquity. And praise God for that, that there's hope in that, that there's salvation available for for sinners like us. The the word benefit there seems like such a small, insignificant word to describe that. Um, The forgiveness of sins is a great benefit. Um, And David couples this truth with a picture of God healing us of of all of our diseases. And our, our greatest disease is, is that of sin. The consequence of sin is, is death. Um, sin is the reason death is here. And our hearts are, are deeply in, infected with the disease of, of sin. And God is capable of, of healing our, our hearts of the sickness. And God is capable of healing us from the disease of sin. And he brings about eternal life. And those who have repented and believed can look forward to the day when there will be no more sickness, sorrow, pain, and and death um, because the Lord will bring about healing, will bring about salvation in life. And and every person on earth is is in need of this benefit of God. Every person has fallen short of the glory of God in their sin and disobedience. Romans 3 is, is clear about this. Um, every person is guilty before God. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. 
No one does good, not even one. You and I are, are included in that no one um, that, that this verse speaks of. You, you and I are people who have rebelled against God. But praise be to God for the benefits that we have in the Lord. Um, the forgiveness of, of our sin, of all of her iniquity. And God is a forgiving God. All of your selfishness, and all of your rebellion, all of the evil that you've, you've done in your life can be forgiven. And this news can change your life. You can have a restored relationship with God, the God of the universe who created all things with the word of his mouth. We can live for his honor and glory. We can be restored back into a right relationship with him as he is a God who forgives. So this brings up a, a, a question of how is it that God forgives us of, of all of our iniquity? How is it that God heals us of all of our diseases? And so David tells us how in the next benefit. And the second benefit that he mentions is that he's able to redeem your life from the pit. Verses 4 and 5. Who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Redemption. This is how your sins are, are forgiven. This is how your heart can be healed from the disease of sin. To be redeemed. To be bought back. And this redemption sets us free from the bondage of sin. Um, and how does this redemption take place? Uh, Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Jesus Christ became sin in order that we would become the righteousness of God. Um, Jesus himself his shed blood was the ransom necessary for this redemption, our redemption. The wages of sin is death, and so there had to be a death in our place in order to be redeemed. And Jesus went to the cross and bore our sin, bore the wrath of God that we fully, completely deserved, so that sinners like you and me could be redeemed from the pit. And because of this redemption, Sinners' hearts can be cured of the disease of sin. We can have a perfect relationship with the Lord. And this will ultimately lead to a full healing and an eternal life. And did you notice that from, from the psalm? That God crowns those he redeems with his covenant, covenantal love and mercy. He satisfies them with, with good. And their youth is renewed like the eagle's. That youth being renewed, is, it's, it's a picture of eternal life. Um, an eternal life that is free of sin, free of disease, free of bodily injury, uh, free, of, free of death. Um, and this is what God has done for his people. And all who repent of their sin and believe in Jesus can have forgiveness of all their iniquities. And God heals the disease of their heart. This is the good news of the gospel, to be redeemed by Christ and given eternal life, life with him. Um, again, the word benefit here seems such like a, 
a small word to describe it. It's insufficient to describe it. This is a benefit of God. A third benefit of God is that he's able to work righteousness and justice for the oppressed. David references the oppression that the Israelite people faced in, in Egypt. Um, the Lord is righteous and worked out justice in the slavery that the Israelites were, that they were underneath in, in Egypt. Um, and notice the way that God brings about justice and works out righteousness. He, he did this by making himself known to Moses and to the people of Israel and the Egyptians. He makes himself known. He made made himself known in in the saving work of his people uh, as they were underneath slavery in Egypt. And God brought about judgment to Pharaoh and the Egyptians as they had rejected God. And in rejecting God, they were also mistreating the people of God. And God will bring about his true and right justice, and we can rest in, in that. The history of the Exodus is a great picture of the saving work of God on behalf of his people. Every person is enslaved to sin and needs to be set free from that bondage. And how is it that we are set free? Um, Romans 6, 6 says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Um, God has made himself known to us through the complete and finished work of Jesus Christ. God making himself known to Moses to the Israelites and to Pharaoh was a major part of how he brought about deliverance to the Israelites and justice to the Egyptians. And the same is true for us. God makes his character and deeds known to us. The, the sacrificial death of Christ on our behalf, the forgiveness of sins that he, that he offers to us, sets us free from the bondage of slavery to sin and brings those who repent and believe into the light of life. But it also, for those who reject him, um, there's condemnation and and death. There's justice. Uh, A fourth benefit of God is that he does not keep his anger forever, but is compassionate and removes sin from us. This next section of the psalm is, is my favorite part of the psalm. It's a, a sweet combination of, of seeing the character of God work out in his works towards his people. David reminds us of the character of God that's repeated often throughout Scripture, that God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. This is a common description of, of the character of God. But how do these character traits of God work out as a benefit for his people. And we see this answer to, the, to this question in the following verses. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. God has anger toward sin and sinners, but for those who have, he has forgiven all their iniquity, for those who he has 
redeemed from the pit, for those he has crowned with his covenantal love, he will not keep his anger forever. But instead, his steadfast love will be upon his people forever and ever. God's anger towards sin and sinners was, was dealt with at the cross, was placed upon Jesus Christ. The cross is where the righteous and just wrath of God has, has been satisfied. And so because of this, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. This is the best gift anybody could ever receive. Um, this is the mercy and grace of God on, on full, beautiful display. Um, instead of dealing with us according to our sins, God has dealt with Christ in accordance to our sins. Instead of repaying us in accordance to our iniquity, the payment was placed on Christ. And in so doing, the love of, that God had for Jesus was placed upon us. And this is it's an infinite love. For as high as the heavens are above the earth. How high is that? That's really high. Um, have you guys seen the, the, the high-definition pictures of, of the, the new Mars rover? Um, it took about seven months for the Mars rover to, to get to Mars, and it was moving fast. Um, and that was only to get to Mars. I love looking at pictures of, of space. Um, the Hubble telescope took a picture years ago of, um, it just, it looks like all of these stars, uh, but what, what those stars are are actually galaxies, but it just, it looks like stars. It shows the greatness of, of God. Uh, he's beyond our, our comprehension. And God says that as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. Um, this is an incomprehensible height. Um, but that's necessary to try to describe an incomprehensible love. Um, and if you are his, if you've been redeemed, if, if you're saved, then that incomprehensible love is for you. Um, God has that love for you. And that incomprehensible height that God loves you with is matched by an incomprehensible distance that he removes his sin from you. Um, it's important, the imagery that's used here, that it's as far as the east is from the west and not as far as the north is from the south. There's, there's a point that you can not go any further north. There's a point that you cannot go any further south. Um, however, you can always go further west. You can always go further east. Um, he removes our sin an infinite distance from us. Praise God for that. Um, our sin can feel so close as we um, have sinful thoughts, sinful words, sinful actions. Um, and yet, 
and, and God's love, he, he removes our sin from us an infinite distance away um, through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Um, so bless the Lord and forget not his benefits. This is who God is, uh, what he has done. Um, he, he, and he knows who we are. God is mindful of, of mankind. He knows that our days are like grass, that mankind is like a flower in the field that, that flourishes and yet uh, the wind blows over it and carries it away. Uh, our, our life is a mist, a vapor. Um, but he is everlasting to everlasting. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And his kingdom will reign forever. Uh, which brings us to the final reason to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord because he is king. Um, Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. Um, I, I love how David contrasts the eternal nature of God with how quick and short our lives are. It's sobering to think about life in that way. Um, David says, as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. You see the contrast there. Our life withers away. Our life is a mist, a vapor. Uh, it is quickly here and quickly gone. Yet, the steadfast love of the Lord lasts from everlasting to everlasting. And this eternal love is for those who are his. Um, for those who keep his covenant have you kept his covenant? No, you have not. I haven't either. Uh, but Jesus did. Um, Jesus is the one who has kept the covenant perfectly. And the person who repents of their sin and believes in, in Jesus can have the perfect life of Christ added to them so that it is like we have kept the covenant of God perfectly. It's, it's like that we have remembered to do all of his commandments. Isn't that amazing? Because we, we have not kept the covenant of God. And this promise is for those who, who have kept it. And we receive that promise in Christ. Um, and Jesus, he will reign over all things forever in his kingdom. And as God rules and reigns, all of creation will bless his name. Um, the angels, uh, those who uh, do his word and, and obey his word, all the hosts and ministers who do his will, all his works and all the places, that the Lord is to be blessed in his kingdom. Today is the, the first Sunday of, of 2022. Uh, we've entered into a new year. 
the challenge we face ahead of us is uh, to be distracted with all of what this new year will hold for us. All the things we're doing, all the events, circumstances we'll find ourselves in. Um, I encourage you to, to be on the lookout for the things in life that your heart and affections are drawn towards and where you find yourself forgetting God. Um, I want to encourage you this year to bless the Lord and remember the benefits of God. Um, I don't know what this year holds for any of us. Uh, I don't know what the rest of this day is going to look like, or this week, or the rest of the year. Um, But what I do know is that no matter what uh, this year has for us, that God is worthy of worship. Um, That God has done mighty and amazing things. That he is worthy to be praised. And as we actively remember these things, our whole hearts, all that is within us, uh, is to be moved to bless the Lord um, throughout this this next year, throughout this new year. Um, And even as sometimes we fail at this, uh, we can find rest in the fact that that Jesus perfectly kept the covenant of God. Um, Jesus perfectly remembered to do the commandments of God. And he did all of that in our place. So even though we fail, we can have rest in the saving work of Christ in our behalf. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, you, you are uh, incredible. You are amazing and, and good. Um, you are worthy of our worship. Lord, as we, as we go into this next year, I ask that you would help us, that we would, by your grace, train ourselves to have thankful, grateful hearts, that we would train ourselves to always be remembering you, that we would not be a people who forget you, that we would never forget the benefits of God, but instead that we would worship you as we remember who you are and what you've done. Amen.